really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Hey, thanks for joining me here today for another episode. Today, I'm going back to that list I was telling you about from Google of the most commonly searched questions on Google about life. And I've already covered two of those questions in episodes 38 and 41. I talked about why do bad things happen And how do I find love? And so today I'm looking at the third question from that list, which I got from Google. And it is, how do I forgive? So this corresponds with lesson number three in the seven lessons that I've been talking about all along. And I have talked about forgiveness before, but I wanted to talk about it in the context here of perhaps for someone who has not really considered forgiveness before, perhaps someone for whom this is new, who's searching out a way, what do I do with all of these bad feelings inside of me? And perhaps for the first time is looking at how do I manage this and how do I figure out how to forgive someone else? So that's what I want to cover today in this brief episode. And so I wanted to start by saying, if you decide you would like to learn about or practice forgiveness, you really have to have a general mindset at all times saying, I want to be able to move on from things that have happened in the past that have caused me pain or harm. And you have to know within you that you are ready to take a step like this. You're ready to address some of the pain from the past, ready to look at it, ready to deal with it, and hopefully to be able to heal some of it and let it go so that you can move on. This is a huge step, but it does require a bit of a shift in how you look at things in your life. Um, One of my favorite quotes from Carolyn Mace, who's a spiritual teacher, if you've heard of her, is forgiveness is letting go of the belief that things should have been different. And for me, I've always remembered that and always thought about it. Whenever I start to regret the past or rue things that have happened, like, oh, why did that have to happen? Why did it go that way? Oh, if only I remember this, this statement from Carolyn saying, you just have to let go of the belief that anything should have been different in the past. You have to step away from that because you can't control the past. You can't change what has happened in the past. And a good way to make yourself crazy or exhausted or depleted is to constantly think about the past and try to figure out how things might have been different if only the past had been different. That is this circular path of spinning your wheels that leads you nowhere because you cannot make the past any different than it was. And so what Carolyn is saying, at some point, we have to just give up thinking that what happened never should have happened, but to accept, well, what happened happened. So now what? Now, how do we move on from there? Because it gets you nowhere to be trying to figure out how to go back and change the past. It gets you everywhere if you start 
looking at where you are right now in this moment and figuring out how can I let go of the weight of the past and move forward. So I'm saying here, it's important that you have adopted a new mindset that you're no longer going to try to change the past. You're also not going to try to punish other people who may have caused you harm or pain in the past, because that's another way of of continuing to be controlled by what has happened in the past is when you put energy and thought and time into exacting revenge. The desire for revenge also comes from the belief that somehow there's something you can do that will erase whatever happened in the past. If you can, if you can only get vengeance on the person that hurt you, that will take away the hurt that will make it disappear or go away if you can somehow hurt them as well. But that's not the truth. And it doesn't really work that way. And I realize, you know, I'm watching the series Yellowstone on television right now. And the mentality of the people in that show is totally an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If someone does something to you, it's your obligation to go back and hurt them to an equal or greater degree than the amount that they hurt you. They're isn't very much evidence of forgiveness within that group of people. But then, of course, uh, most people wouldn't be that interested in watching a show where everyone just forgave each other and was happy and moved on. We kind of enjoy watching these scenarios play out where people are angry and upset and hurt and they seek vengeance. And I think it's because vicariously we get some sort of thrill or satisfaction from seeing people who have done bad things get punished for it. When we see them face a consequence, that's somehow satisfying to us. It puts things in order in our minds. And I'm talking about our lower consciousness, our lower minds, the ego, that definitely see things as black and white cause and effect. When someone does something bad, they should pay a penalty for it. So shows like Yellowstone, and there are tons of other shows on television right now, streaming um, on the internet as well, that deal with that subject that show us over and over again, stories of people experiencing consequences for bad things they've done. But the reality in our day to day lives is that Oftentimes, we don't witness the consequences that someone who has harmed us experiences. We don't get to witness what happens to them. We actually have no idea. Sometimes that holds us back for forgiveness because it may be someone hurt us in the past that we have nothing to do with now. We never talk to them or see them. And we have no idea if they are experiencing some sort of consequence. Are they carrying some sort of pain or weight? Are they suffering in some way because of their actions? We don't even know that. We can't see it. We, we can't detect it. So we have no idea. And in those cases, we don't know if that person is going to suffer some sort of pain because of the way they've behaved in the past, will that come to them in their lives? We don't know. It sounds fair in our minds that they should experience some pain, but we don't know that. We're not really the judges of that or the arbiters of that. It's not up to us to create that suffering for the other person. Our focus really needs to be on what is happening inside of us. We can't control 
control the other person. We can't dictate what their future should be. We have to look within us and figure out how do I want to live and what do I want to carry with me throughout my life? And so being willing to look at Carolyn's statement, forgiveness is letting go of the belief that things should have been different. And simply moving away from that belief and trying to change the past into in this present moment, the truth, the reality is that thing happened in the past. It did happen. That's a reality. You can't make it go away. Uh, you can't erase it from the past. You All you can do is acknowledge in the present moment that it has happened. So I want to talk a little bit, first of all, like why should you forgive? let's think about that. Sometimes people, people feel an urge to forgive. They feel within them somehow a desire to get over things and move on. It just arises within them and they may not know why. But forgiveness, and this is Carolyn Mace again saying that the inability to forgive is a poison to the spirit. And forgiveness is is very harsh. It's very hard on us, hard on our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. If we carry around unforgiveness, resentment, blame, and judgment of another person for something that happened in the past. So if we want to heal and we want to grow in the future, forgiveness is necessary. So once again, those of us who are being inspired, perhaps, to work on ourselves, to become our best selves, at some time or another, we are going to feel a desire to forgive, to let go of the past and to move on from certain things. It will arise for us because we can't move forward until we practice forgiveness. So this is why it's it benefits us to forgive. It helps our physical, emotional, and spiritual health. As I said before, it helps us grow. It helps us transform. It helps us become the better people that we want to be. So let's talk about it a little bit. I mentioned the first thing is having a general mindset of willingness that you feel within you some sort of movement that says, I want to move on past some things that that have happened. I want to let go of some of the resentment that I'm carrying. So so that you feel it stirring inside of you, a need or a desire to begin to forgive. And so after that point, once you have that awareness and that feeling of being drawn toward forgiveness, the first thing to do is to acknowledge that you have been hurt. And it's okay. I want you to just stop for a moment. I want you to recall what happened and to see for what it is the pain that you experienced and the harm that was done to you in, in whatever it was that happened to you in the past. Acknowledge it. Recognize you didn't deserve for that to happen. You didn't cause it. It happened. That's all you can say at this point. This is something that happened. You may not understand why. There may be no explanation. It may seem completely unfair. And there's no good reason why what has happened to you should have happened. But it did. 
So you are bringing the pain of that past episode right here, right now into the present moment and you're acknowledging it and holding it and allowing yourself to feel the pain of whatever happened to you and to embrace it. But after you've experienced that, acknowledging the pain and recognizing it for what it is and being able to hold it, I want you to mentally take one step back from the pain Put the pain, if you can, into a bundle or a box. Wrap it up in a certain way, if you can, so that you can set it down and take one step back from it. Because you need to get a little bit larger view of the pain rather than just being immersed in it or drowning in it or overwhelmed by it. Wrap up the pain somehow place it down and step back a little bit so that you can look at it and witness it for what it is. I want you to see how this pain has been carried as part of you throughout the past, ever since this event happened, how you have carried the burden, the weight of that huge bundle of pain within you from the moment it happened. It's been weighing you down. It's been heavy upon your shoulders. It has affected how you behave in the world. It's it's taken your energy. It's taken your time. It may have occupied your thoughts. And so I want you to keep looking at that pain from a distance and see how heavy it is and see what accompanies the pain inside that bundle. There might also be anger, there might be shame, there might be feelings of rejection or betrayal, there might be fear that is accompanying the pain that you've been carrying. So do your best to try to look at this bundle of of painful feelings and see what it consists of. What is there? What is it that you've been, that you have been carrying with you and lugging around through your life for all of the years since that happened? And the next step is to just allow yourself to sit with this bundle of pain that you now see what's inside the bundle. You can now see all of the other emotions that are contained there. And to sit with it for just a little while and begin to ask yourself, are you willing to continue carrying this heavy burden on your shoulders any longer in your life? Are you willing to keep dragging it around and willing to allow it to keep drawing down your energy and your attention and your focus? Or do you feel ready to release it? And it's essential to know whether or not you're ready. Because sometimes we begin this process, we begin thinking about forgiveness and working on it. But it's actually too early to be letting it go. Sometimes we need time to sit with what has happened. We need time to process it. We need time to just really embrace and hug and love ourselves and to build up our strength before we feel ready to let it go. So I think this is an important step for you to sit with this bundle of pain that you've recognized now and ask yourself, is it time now to begin to release it? Or do I need to just let it be here for a while? And maybe you need to do some journaling. Maybe you need to write about it. Maybe you need to talk to someone else about it. 
and share it with other people. Maybe things have happened to you that you've never told anyone. And maybe you need to have your pain validated before you can let it go, before you can actually practice forgiveness. So as you sit and witness your pain, if it feels like you cannot even imagine letting go of it, then please give yourself permission to carry it a bit longer and do some work on it. So as I said, you you might journal about it. You might talk to someone else, maybe a therapist or a close friend, a clergy member, someone in your life who is a confidant that you can trust, that you could talk to about the pain you're carrying. Now, the goal of talking about your pain It's not to get someone else to judge or hate the person that hurt you. It's not to get them to join you in seeking revenge and bad mouthing that other person. The goal is for you to help process this pain, to really look at it more in depth and to understand it, which is what is going to help you when you are ready to take some additional steps to work on the pain. So again, it may not be right away that you're ready to take any other steps or do any other work. You may be at this place where you sit with your pain for a while and write about it, process it, work on it, examine it, remember it, because some of us have forgotten a lot of the details of our pain. We've shoved them into our subconscious so that we don't have to really feel the pain of it. And so you have to be courageous enough to let that pain come to the surface and really look at it and remember what happened and have it be in your mind in this present moment once again. So if you're at that place and you're not ready to move forward, just stop where you are and do some work with this pain that you've identified and that you're holding right now. But if you are at a place where you feel ready to work on forgiveness a little bit more, ready to move forward, then I have a couple of exercises to recommend to you. These are things that I use myself when I am working on forgiveness. So uh, I'm going to talk you through those, these two exercises, the four view forgiveness process. And the other one is Ho'oponopono, which you might have heard of before. But um, remember, you'll, you will need a journal as you go through this process of forgiveness, you need to do a lot of writing, it's really important to write down every single thing you're feeling and what you're thinking and what's happening for you during this process. And then the four view forgiveness process process is a written practice anyway. So, so you'll need a journal for this. Remember some other practices that can help you with any anxiety that arises, like practicing deep breathing, or mindfulness, whatever might help you going for a walk, doing some kind of movement dance, Um, listening to music, things that help you feel calmer, especially if you begin to feel anxious as the pain of your past memories comes up for you. So when you are ready to begin working on actual forgiveness, I'll I'll talk you through the four view forgiveness process, which is one of the ways that that I have found that can help you get a different view and reframe what has happened to you. 
So there are four different views that you're going to write from in your journal. And the first is the third person view. In this view, you tell the story of what happened as if you were a newspaper reporter composing a column for the newspaper, facts only. And so you are, you're not looking to share any of the emotions that happened. You just want to describe this person did this, then I did that, then this person said this, and then I said that. So you're just recording the facts as closely as you can remember them. And what happened in what order? What did that person do? What did you do? And again, you're not writing about how, how you felt or what you thought at the time, simply what your actions were. So that's the third person view. You will also minimize blame as you're writing it. So you try to write it objectively without slanting it toward how bad the other person was. In a sense, you're simply writing what they did and not adding in adjectives that describe the other person as being bad. You're just, it's just very simple. This happened, that happened, this happened, that happened. When you've finished with the third person view, if you feel ready, you can move on to the second person view. This is going to take you some time to think about and process for a little while. But in the second person view, you actually tell the story of what happened from the point of view of the other person to the best of your ability. So you try to describe the other person's actions, but also what they might have been thinking, what emotions they were feeling, how they might have interpreted anything that you said or did, what was happening inside of them. And here you will have to call upon anything you know about the other person, any knowledge you have about their past or their experiences or something they might have been going through when this incident happened. Maybe this person is someone you don't know well at all, and maybe you can't go very far with that. Then you just do your best, make it up if you have to, imagining what would someone who was treating another person the way they treated you, what might be going through the mind of that person? What could they be thinking? What could be going on from their perspective? And you try writing about it as if you were that person and describing what that event was like through their eyes. That's challenging. And it's sometimes really hard to put yourself in the position of the other person. But it's actually really helpful as we're trying to shift perspectives a little bit here. And as we're trying to release this pain and put it back on the shoulders of the other person, allow them to carry all the responsibility for their own actions and not be carrying with you um, blame and judgment of them that only causes you pain, doesn't hurt them at all. So that's the second person view. Again, that's very challenging to write from, but it is a helpful exercise. If it's someone you know well, this second person view will be particularly helpful to you because you may have a real sense of what what they were thinking. And you may know a lot about what they were going through at the time of this event. You may have a lot of information that you can include. 
So do your best with the second person view and you can go back and rewrite it numerous times, even down the road in a few months or a few years, something might occur to you that you want to add to the second person view that you and you can go back and change it. The third step, the third view is the first person view. So here you're going to be describing how this experience affected you, but you look deep within yourself and you're looking from where you sit right now, from this perspective. You're not so much describing what you thought and felt at the time of the event, but you're looking at it through your eyes now. And you're looking at it with the intent to discover anything that could be hidden underneath your resentment. Does this, in, does this incident remind you of any other traumas from your past? Is it a repeat of something else that has happened earlier or maybe multiple times? And therefore, is your pain and your resentment about this episode actually larger than just this one thing that happened? Does it also contain a lot of pain from other things that happened in the past? And are there any other emotions that you haven't discovered yet contained within your pain that you need to look at? So when you write the first person view, not a superficial view at all, go deep within yourself and be looking at any, any evidence that perhaps something like this has happened before. Perhaps your anger at that person is larger than this incident, but contains anger from other things in the past. And are there any other influences over your memories of this incident that you would like to be aware of? The final view that you write about, and you may not be able to do all of this in one day, you may want to spread this out over several weeks, in fact, because the fourth view that you're going to write about is what I call the galaxy view. And I've talked about this before. Um, the galaxy view is getting the big picture perspective, seeing things from the, the largest possible view that you can take, almost an impersonal view as if you were out in space looking down at the tiny planet earth and your tiny tiny little speck of a life on earth and viewing it from 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 a grander larger point of view so when you write about this galaxy view you will tell the story of what happened from the perspective, let's say, of a spiritual teacher or a guide who oversees your education during this lifetime. A guide who is helping you get through life, who is helping you learn things that you need to learn, um, helping you see things that will, that will encourage you to grow and helping you understand things that have happened. So you call upon your wisest self to interpret this event as if you were your own, your own guide, your own spiritual teacher. And when you're writing the galaxy view, ask yourself, are there any lessons in this incident that you could learn anything from? You know, may maybe it's something like I learned not to be so trusting of certain people. I learned to set better boundaries. I learned to learn to say no. I learned to walk away. I learned to not become friends with people 
who might pose a threat to me? Are there lessons like that that you can learn something from, from what has happened to you? And does this experience help you in any way to grow in wisdom, compassion, or love? And that's what we call post-traumatic growth. When having had this experience, you are able to find ways to grow positively because of it. So in the fourth view, you're looking for anything positive contained within the event that that you might use as an impetus or a catalyst for growing more. So those are the four views. By the time you get through them, you will have been led on this journey in a way through your past experience. You will probably have a little bit of more compassion, perhaps, or at least a little bit more understanding of the other person and their actions. You'll have deeper understanding of your own actions, perhaps why this event hurt so much or what it damaged in you and the consequences of that damage. But you may also see a path toward healing some of the damage, a path forward, how you could take what what happened to you and utilize it to help you grow as you move forward. And hopefully that's ideally what you would come away with after this exercise. So Weeks later, you may want to sit down and then reflect upon these four views, what you can discover from them. Perhaps you write them now and you come back at a later time and reread them in order to process what's there, what information you can glean from them. Because writing them is a painful process, writing about this event and experience is going to hurt. It's going to cause you to relive some of the pain from the past. So you may not be ready to see deeply into it now. That may need to come later down the road. So something a little bit lighter and a little more simpler, another practice that I'll recommend to you is the Hawaiian practice Ho'oponopono. If I don't know if you've heard of it before, it's been talked about a lot in various spiritual circles, but I have found it very helpful. And so this word literally means to put things in order or make things right. And it originated with the cultural belief that forgiveness of past wrongs is necessary in order to heal sickness, in order to make it right, in order to make everything be in order as it should in the right space and time. And so um, just as Carolyn May says, that's what's necessary to, if we want to be healthy, we have to be able to forgive and put things in order again. So the interesting thing is that Ho'oponopono consists of four phrases that you say, but they're actually four steps that you take or four actions in a way that you carry out in your own heart. You don't have to say them to anyone. You definitely do not have to say this to the person that harmed you. It's more for your own inner shift of energy, not for the other person. But I do recommend that when you use these phrases, you might picture in your mind the other person, the person that you are wishing to forgive. You might see them in your mind and um, visualize that you are talking to them, you are sending them the energy of the phrases that you're saying. 
And so here they are, and we'll go through these four phrases. The first is to say, I'm sorry. Now, this sounds completely wrong to people who've been hurt by somebody else. Why would I say, I'm sorry, they hurt me? But there's this amazing paradoxical genius behind saying, I'm sorry, because you begin the process by taking responsibility for anything that you might have done or said that contributed to the negativity of that situation at the moment when the harm occurred or anything since then that you have done in terms of judgment or anger or blame or resentment. You acknowledge, I'm sorry. And it's it's a way of saying, I'm sorry that this thing happened. I'm sorry that this, this event took place. And I am willing to take responsibility for anything that I have done that has reflected back pain or harm or anger to the other person. And I, I understand we're in a culture of like a lot of awareness about blaming the victim when, uh, when someone has been harmed. And this is in no way an attempt to blame the victim, because if you've been harmed by another person, um, you didn't deserve it, you did not cause it. It's simply a way of saying, if anything in my thoughts or my actions or, or my deeds or my words after this event, um, anything was hateful or caused any harm, if I sent back any poison, I want to take responsibility for that. I'm going to hold what I'm responsible for. Now, what happens energetically is that actually shifts you what's really happening is you are taking responsibility for anything that you did on your part, but that may be just a tiny, tiny bit of the whole event that happened. But when you hold hold and acknowledge anything that you might have done or contributed, you are changing the energy between you and the other person because you are holding on to responsibility for your actions and giving them all of the responsibility for their actions. It's as if you're separating them out and teasing them out. You're saying, I will carry whatever I may have done wrong and I give you the responsibility for whatever you have done wrong. So all of that is contained within these two words, I'm sorry. And so try to look at it that way, not as a way of shaming yourself or blaming yourself at all. It's simply saying, I will be responsible for anything negative that I have done, whether in this, in this particular event with this person or at any other time that you are willing to be responsible and to say, I'm sorry for anything that I've done that has ever caused harm. So the next statement also will not sit well with a lot of people, but it's, it's important. Bear with me here. The next statement is, please forgive me. And once again, are we asking the victim to, to say, forgive me? But again, this is part of shifting the energy between you and the other person to say, to put forgiveness out into the air there and to say, please forgive me for anything that I have done or any harm I may have caused. You are also speaking to yourself when you say that statement, please forgive me because you are expressing a willingness to forgive yourself 
And sometimes a lot of the pain that we carry actually also contains self-blame. And that is something we have to deal with and recognize that we may have harmed ourselves as much as the harm that was done by the other person by simply being angry and upset with ourselves for not handling things differently. And so saying, please forgive me, is recognizing that you yourself need need to be forgiven and you need to forgive yourself. You're also, in effect, you're asking for forgiveness um, metaphorically from the other person who isn't there and isn't hearing you. You're only visualizing them, but you're putting out into the air. Um, it's time for forgiveness and I need forgiveness too. Please forgive me. So you are asking for that forgiveness and it's as if it's your higher self that is going to offer you that forgiveness that you need. The third step, this again, this is also difficult. These are simple phrases, but when you really look at what they mean and what you're being asked to say and to experience, it's challenging. The third is I love you. Now, this might be very hard to imagine saying, depending on who it is that has hurt you, if it was a total stranger and you know nothing about them, it's very hard to say, I love you to that person in any way that is personal or directed because you don't have enough information to know who or what it is you are loving. But the idea here is to be willing to open your heart and to have an experience of love and compassion that encompasses you. You need to forgive yourself. You need to love yourself and have compassion for yourself and your pain. But if there's also a willingness to say, I don't know what pain the other person has experienced or what has happened for them but I have compassion for them too. If you are willing to create this compassion bubble that's so large that it can also contain the other person, you have done a masterful job of expanding your own awareness and your capacity for love, for loving kindness, for compassion. And so so that might take some work to be able to say, I love you to the other person, but it's possible this other person is someone who's a close part of your life and is someone that you want to love and you want to keep loving. You just need to get beyond something hurtful that happened. In that case, it may be easier to say, I love you. And the reason you want to forgive is because of the love that you feel for the other person. So expressing this love, it goes all the way from being a generic kind of non-directed love that you might feel for all of humanity if you don't know well the person who harmed you, to a very specific love for one person um, that that you that you care about deeply in your heart and that you would like to restore order with, then when you say, I love you in that case, it's very personal and very directed toward that person. And you're imagining them and all of their beauty, all of their best qualities, all of the reasons why you love them. And you're allowing yourself to feel that love, allowing your heart to fill up with it and allowing the love to spill over in that moment. And the final statement is thank you. So this is a way of expressing gratitude. Again, it probably sounds antithetical, like 
why would you be grateful for what has happened? But it's definitely another way of clearing the energy that you've been carrying by converting all of this this resentment, this anger, this pain, this desire to change what has happened in the past into something positive, into a way of saying, uh, I am grateful that I'm, I'm grateful that I'm here at this place right now working on forgiveness. I'm grateful that I had this inspiration, this desire to forgive, and that I'm here doing practices to help me toward forgiveness. You may not ever be grateful for what happened to you in the past, and you don't have to be. The, the gratitude is not, to, um, is not meant to completely turn around and now have a positive view of what happened to you in the past, but simply to say, thank you. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that I'm taking part in this process of opening up my painful wounds and looking at them and working toward healing them and working toward moving forward in the future. So let's review those four things again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. And thank you. And so I'll tell you a little story of, um, I worked with a mother once who was estranged from her daughter because of something that happened between them. Her daughter hadn't spoken to her, returned her phone calls or texts or emails for a couple of years. And the mother was in a lot of pain. She recognized that she had done some things wrong in the past that perhaps had upset her daughter, but her daughter had also um, done things that had hurt her. She really wanted to reconcile with her daughter, but she couldn't get her daughter to respond to her in any way. And she was in great pain of what do I do? How do I ever reconcile if I can never talk to her? So I taught her Ho'oponopono and suggested that she practice it every day on behalf of her daughter. She imagine her daughter and she say these four statements and go through the process of really thinking about them and really meaning what she was saying and do that every day as a means of clearing up some of the energy between the two of them as a way of being responsible for whatever she did or said that might have been hurtful, including things that she wasn't even aware of that may have hurt her daughter. Things, things she did that she thought were normal or fine, but that her daughter might have been hurt by. To be willing to take responsibility for them, to say, I love you, forgive me, thank you. To her daughter, simply in her mind, but going through this exercise every day, she actually, she started it on Friday. She did it for the entire weekend. Monday, she got a phone call from her daughter out of the blue. Like she hadn't reached out to her daughter at all. She hadn't told her what she was doing. Her daughter called her Monday and said, um, can we get together and talk? And that began this process of working together to reconcile some of the pain of the past after two years that had been there between them. And so I believe, I know it may sound woo-woo or crazy, but Ho'oponopono, it's actually a practice for you. It's helping you shift some of your energy and bring order to it. So uh, instead of this mishmash of pain and hurt and blame and anger and shame and self-guilt, um, 
you sort it all out. You take responsibility for what is yours of that bundle and for what belongs to the other person. You put the energy in alignment in a sense and you hold up in a, in a responsible way your willingness to say, I'm sorry for anything that I have done. And that is an amazing process of clarity and order, as I said before, putting things back in their place and making them orderly once again. And it was clearing up that energy, I believe, that gave just enough room and just enough space for her daughter to recognize within herself the urge to say, uh, I want I want to clear this up with my mom. I want to make things better with my mom. So her daughter took the first step. So again, was it the Ho'oponopono that made the difference? No one can say that for sure. It might have just been a total coincidence. But to the woman, the mother who used Ho'oponopono for her, she said it was very clear because she already felt within herself a major shift in her own energy and her own anger at her daughter. And she, she felt movement within herself um, over the weekend before Monday came around. She herself was sure that this practice is what made the difference. So I can't promise you that it will work that way for you, but I wanted to offer you these thoughts and these practices for forgiveness in hopes that it will it will help you if you're looking for ways to forgive. And I hope you are because it will help you be a healthier and happier person in your life. So until we get together next week, remember that we're here for love. So face your fear, be ready for whatever happens next, and love each and every moment of your very precious life. Bye-bye.